Greetings and salutations. Welcome to episode 128 of Ref the District. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. Uh, no Trev tonight as uh, he got called into emergency babysitting duty. Uh, so he will be hopefully watching with those children as we stream live every Wednesday at 730 here on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. So wherever you're at, make sure you hit that like button, subscribe to the channel. Of course, we hit your favorite audio platforms as well afterwards. Set us up to be auto-downloaded just so you can listen to us on the go whenever and wherever you are. Still here in Oklahoma, my in-laws thankfully still housing us and hopefully won't have to house us for that much longer, but probably at least one more live episode here uh, in uh, in their house. But I do appreciate their hospitality here as we kick off 128 with Stoner and I. In the cool down, we will be talking about Mina Kimes. She is doing her due diligence on the NFC East, and so she's trying to look at Sam Howell, and we got some of her thoughts on that and some of our thoughts on her thoughts in the cool down. Then during the game, we will be talking about NFC East rankings. So we're going to go position groups, and we're going to kind of sort out where the Washington commanders fit within the NFC East. It's important to note, The only team in the NFC East not to make the playoffs last year was Washington Commanders. So stacking up against the rest of the the division is an important thing to do. But here in the warm-up brought to you by Don't Sleep Energy, it's Travell Wharton, our offensive line coach to be. Who is he? And what is he going to bring to the table? That's all here in the warm-up brought to you by Don't Sleep Energy. Make sure you head out to don'tsleepenergy.com. Get yourself the best energy drink in the DMV from a DMV company. Use the code REFTHEDISTRICT to get yourself 10% off your entire order. Do us a favor. I mean, I know a lot of you will do a super chat or you might do something else and support the channel, even with just a like and subscribe. But if you're an energy drink person, I'm telling you, try out their sugar-free. It's the only energy drink I drink. It's the Ref the District energy drink as well. Don't sleep energy. Don't sleep. Be great. Travel Morton Stoner yes, sir. is technically <clears throat> not officially the offensive line coach. Yep. So he is in name and he is in practice. Mm-hmm. But officially cannot be actually hired or put to that position until the ownership change kind of goes through. Um, What do you know about Mr. Wharton? Mr. Wharton. Well, I I remember his playing days, which actually weren't that long ago. Maybe he played last, I don't know, 2017, 2018, somewhere around there. He was a pretty good offensive lineman. And, uh, you know, he comes under that Ron Rivera coaching tree or, player slash coaching tree. You know how Rivera loves to bring guys that either played for him or coached with him. He loves to bring them along. That's exactly what he did with Wharton. He brought him along from Carolina where he was the assistant offensive line. I think he actually was offensive line coach there for a little bit. Comes over here as the assistant because they had a good one here with John Matsko. And now he's the assistant. And then as Matsko moves on, he's going to be the, he's going to be the man. And I think that's a great thing that it continues with that continuity. The team's uh, players like that. They don't like big changes as long as they like the guy that they're coaching with. So 
I I like uh, Travell Wharton. I think he's got a future in the NFL as a as a big time coach, not just an offensive line coach. I think he'll work himself up the ranks, and and he's another one of those guys, those offensive linemen that played at like three hundred fifteen pounds or whatever, and he's mm-hmm. not three hundred fifteen pounds anymore. He's shed a lot of weight, and uh, which is good for his long term health. But, <laughs> yeah, you see a yeah. lot of offensive linemen do that. Their their post NFL career. Mm-hmm. TJ saying he's never heard of him, so I hope that gave uh, you TJ and anybody else who might not have known who Travell Wharton is an idea of what he's bringing. One of the things I think is pretty interesting. You talk about the continuity is like we had absolute faith in Matska, right? Like we sure. we thought that this offensive line was just going to work out uh this previous year because we had an offensive line coach that was just one of the best or so we thought. Uh, mm-hmm. Things didn't work out. He's let go. Wharton here is brought uh, up to kind of help fix things. Now it's he might have some continuity here with the team and some of the players that are here. But this offensive line group is extremely different for mm-hmm. new starters, essentially, because you have Sam Cosme moving over into right guard. How tall of a task is that for him? This you know, his inaugural season as an offensive line coach for the commanders. I think it's massive. It's massive to have so many different guys. Now, as uh, Michael's pointing out there that pointing this out exactly. Yeah. Yeah. As most of it has, the line has changed. The continuity though is, has to do with in the coaching staff and uh, you know, because you don't just bring in a whole new um, regime on the offensive line in terms Bienemy, for whatever reason, didn't want Matsko, let him go, and he he is going to uh, move up Wharton. But he's got a tall job in front of him. He's got a big job in front of him. As you said, basically four new starters with Cosme moving over, and you've got guys coming from different organizations. You, of course, you've got um, your right tackles coming from KC. Your center is coming from the Giants. And who knows who your left guard is? We don't even know who he is yet. So yeah, yeah. right and now, Sadiq Charles is 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 the odds-on favorite, but that's yeah. a lot of hope and a prayer coming from not only this coaching staff but from uh, Washington that he's oh, going to yeah. work out. As they had him highly regarded when they they took him in the fourth round, thought that it was a steal, and he just mm-hmm. hasn't been able to stay healthy and stay in there. Now maybe Wharton will can't fix the health issues, but maybe can help Sadiq Charles take that next step and stay on the roster. I'm going to pause real quick just to talk to our fans here in there. I mentioned TJ already, Michael as well. We also have Allison. We have Chris Gitbus in the house. Uh, Rockman here as well. Chris, by the way, loves the shirt. Uh, This is a commander shirt, so you cannot say uh, maybe if you're maybe a local beat reporter that you've never seen anybody wear commander's gear because I am wearing commander's <laughs> gear. That's right. uh, Michael also bringing up the chase Roulet retiring uh, six years uh, stoner and the, mm-hmm. in the league, he is retiring after yeah. these past two seasons. He's ended on IR with a terrible injury. Uh, we've already said our goodbyes to chase when he was cut earlier. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add here that retiring, I think is, is a smart move by him. Those injuries, they're going to continue wearing on him. I think that it more, more than likely, especially the way that he was injured with those lower leg injuries, 
know, he's going to be putting a lot of pressure. So kind of like you mentioned, Wharton losing some weight, you know, now Chase Roulier can lose some weight. Now he can focus on his life and have a long productive life. Mm-hmm. And but even at six years stoner, do you know the average NFL career? Isn't it like two and a half? Something it's to that just effect? over three years. And for the line yeah. minutes, it's 3.63 years. I looked it up uh, when I saw that Chase had retired. So, I mean, he made it more than your average NFL member and average NFL lineman. So, I mean, that says something to the caliber of a player that he was. Because mm-hmm. even though he was a late uh, round pick for Washington, he came in here and he took a starting job. And he did well in that starting job. And the line here with the commanders more importantly than Matsko or Callahan before him, you had you had a stalwart at center who can call those, you know, even with how many other quarterbacks this guy was snapping to. Yeah. He was able to get that line in position. So Chase, thank you for all you do, and we wish you the best of luck in retirement. Yeah, there was a lot of drop-off whenever Chase would go out of the lineup, whenever he would get hurt. Sure, he had Tyler Larson back there, who was pretty decent, but there was always a big difference. You could see it as soon as he went out. I mean, he was borderline a pro bowler. That's how good yeah. Chase Ruye was. He was very close to being a pro bowler, and he was uh, extremely important. He understood the game super smart, um, pretty athletic, for obviously, for a bigger guy. And uh, he just, I mean, those injuries, man. They, they just obviously took a toll because they released him a couple months ago where he had an opportunity to sign on with another yeah. team. And he was just like, you know what? It's it's probably just not worth it. He made a, his uh, contract. He got that one extension for like $40 million. I don't know how much of it he actually got, maybe $25 million. Even if they Uncle Sam takes it all and everyone takes this and takes that, he still probably got $10 million sitting in the bank. So he's good. He's set for life, and now he's got to do, you know, he's got to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life, and he wants to do that injury-free. I don't blame him. I know lots of guys want to play, you know, 20 years and all that. There's Offensive linemen have done that. But, man, if you can just – if you can get to a certain point where you've got a good bank account and the injuries are beating you up, just, just walk away. And yeah. that's what he did. So I, I, I do think that – you know, at least you kind of want it. We've talked about this with Logan Paulson, but you kind of want to hit that 10 year mark because there's certain benefits that trigger at that point. Sure. Um, but you know, even at six years, I think that there's a certain amount of benefits that he's earned over this time. And like you said, the money and everything, what would you say if he kind of pulls a Ryan Kerrigan swings back around Ashburn and uh, wow. helps out uh, Wharton with this offensive line, man, that never, it never hurts to do that, to have a guy who battled for years and years with the, an organization. It never hurts to have those guys come back and, and just be a mentor if they're not going to be a coach. Like, it looks like Kerrigan might be all in with this whole coaching thing. But just be, you know, come back for a few days and talk to the guys and mentor them and give them pointers, not, not even necessarily on the field pointers. But he can come back and say, look, six years – and I had to go because of the injuries take care of your money, take care mm-hmm. of your situation so that you don't have to uh, continue to play, even if you're physically unable to anymore. So it's always good to have those guys come back. That's that's good. I hadn't thought about that angle. So, yeah, maybe he does. 
Because this right, is last, the only organization he played yeah, for, right? The only one. Uh, last question on Chase before we get back to Wharton and then move on to mm-hmm. our NFC East position rankings. Does he belong in the Washington Commanders Ring of Honor? Is is this a is this a hidden camera trick? Is there a camera <laughs> on me somewhere? Where I'm, no, no, sorry. I mean, he was a solid player, but I mean, he's nowhere near ring of honor fame i mean there's certain guys who've had twice the career that he's had in washington and and are not even in the ring of honor yet but you know new owner comes in maybe they have different standards maybe all you gotta do is play six years and uh, we'll play four yeah, four years yeah really yeah that i yeah we have tj gus bus and uh, uh michael saying he's not lynn haas yeah the uh yeah they're there's no way he belongs in, in the ring of honor yeah. you know, more than welcome back to the organization and, and taking on some role. Uh, I seem to remember him being kind of a, uh, good player to be around. I know he had a, uh, quite the relationship with the hog farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. so as a person, I think that, you know, they, maybe they'll welcome him back just because of that. You know, we see him at some of the alumni dinners and we see him maybe doing some of the media stuff and, and being kind of around in that way. But yeah, ring of honor, not quite, but we do appreciate what Chase uh, did. Uh, back on Travel Wharton, having to replace Chase Rulier, TJ mentioned not having, you know, retired earlier and kind of changing things. They knew, I think, ahead of time that they were going to be cutting Chase uh, Roulet, and they didn't have to worry about that. You do have a couple of young linemen here that Wharton is 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 in charge of. If Sadiq mm-hmm. Charles doesn't take that left guard role, it's looking like it's going to be Chris Paul. You mm-hmm. have Ricky Stromberg, who was drafted in the third round, who the entire team is telling us he is not going to be a starter. John Keim has said That's that. Nice. We've heard the team say that. They are not planning on Ricky Stromberg starting, which is bizarre to me with a guy who take within the top 100 picks not to, you know, test him out. Um, if you didn't think he was ready to be a day one starter with a top 100 pick. Probably shouldn't I, have drafted him. Probably shouldn't have drafted him in the top yeah. 100. I just don't under quite understand that. But Wharton has to develop him. So if he's not a starter this season, that he could potentially start in future seasons and you have your you have your starting center for decade mm-hmm. right um and then he has a offensive uh line another offensive lineman taking the fourth for uh, why am i brandon daniels name? brandon daniels yeah. so there's these young guys do you think you, we've talked about the continuity that wharton brings with having yeah. been on this do you think that this wharton is going to bring some of this developmental talent and work them out. Washington's had some luck with some late round uh, draft picks, you know, working out. And they've, you know, also had some that have not worked out. Sadiq Charles, like we've mentioned is, you know, at the tail end of his contract and we don't know what we have in him. So do you think Wharton can bring out the good and these draft picks? Well, he's certainly going to have to, he's going to, if this team wants to have any sort of success. Now B enemy is obviously famous for his, quick hitting uh, playbook and not worrying too much about the offensive line. I saw a stat today to where Patrick Mahomes ranked. uh, I don't want to get the the number wrong, but he was in the late twenties, maybe even into the thirties of air yards per attempt or per completion last year. 
-hmm. His first year, he was completing air yards like in the 17, 18, 19 yards per completion. Last year, it was in single digits. So if you don't have a good offensive lineman, you got to get the ball out quick. And obviously, Biennemi being the architect of that offense in Kansas City, he made sure that he got the ball out of Mahomes' hands quick enough, and he's going to have to do that here. Because when you look at the big picture of it, we've talked about the overhaul of the line, but if you talk, if you look at the picture of it, you got Wiley, who is, who was undrafted, I believe. Uh, maybe he was a late round, but I think he was undrafted. You had Cosme, who's a third rounder. Then you have your center, Gates, who I believe was undrafted. Then you have your left tack or left guard, who might be, um, uh, who might the seventh be seventh round pick, yeah. Chris Paul, seventh mm-hmm. round pick, and then your left tackle, which is Charles Leno. I believe he was a seventh round pick or a sixth round, whichever. That's his offensive line. Usually, you want blue bloods. You want you want the the studs up there starting these games, but instead, you've got all of these late round or undrafted guys on the offensive line. So he's got his work cut out for him. But if he follows what Biennemi is teaching or what Biennemi has done in the past, then they should be okay. They've they've got to work on the screen. We've seen it for years and years here in Washington that we just can't do screen passes for whatever reason. Yeah, can't. He's a specialist at that. That helps your offensive line. So you put all that together and you should have a pretty – successful fairly successful relatively speaking successful <laughs> offensive line yeah uh so he was drafted uh charles leno by the way was drafted 246th overall in the seventh round yeah seventh uh, round. by the chicago bears so yeah seventh um, rounder yeah. seventh rounder undrafted, undrafted third rounded second third rounder. rounder cosme is the second round oh, cosme is the second rounder yeah oh, that's right and then what was Wiley? Undrafted. Un- undrafted. Was- you you yeah. hit that one on the nail. That was undrafted. What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, even scared. even looking at your backup tackle there, that's undrafted Cornelius Lucas. Yeah, uh, and, and you've yeah. got third rounders and fourth rounders who can't crack that, who, yeah. who can't even get past those undrafted guys to be starters when you're talking about Stromberg and Sadiq Charles and Braden Daniels. Those are third and fourth rounders who apparently aren't even good enough to start over undrafted guys. That's kind of yeah. scary, but I'm it's, trying not. I'm sorry. I went negative. <laughs> I apologize. You did. You're the realist of the group, right? That's yeah, so. his job. That's yeah. Wharton's job. Is to yeah, st- Stoner, bring in the mood down a little bit. <laughs> we are going to get actually into these guys by name. Wharton's job is to make sure this unit is one of the better units in the league, or at least give Sam Howell some time. We're going to be talking about just how bad this offensive line is, however, in the game. Stick with us. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 